some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. All right, what's going on? It is episode 21 of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, and we come to you um, actually as the Giants are getting started with their series in San Diego and a huge series coming off of what has to be, Joe, uh, the biggest July Wednesday night win in Arizona in the history of the franchise. Like it's classically one of those that you're like, oh, it's a July Wednesday in Arizona. It's like a ho-hum. But this one was one they ended up really needing, and uh, and they got it. And it, it seemed to come in an interesting time in an interesting way as well because while everyone is really, really getting upset with the platooning, uh, the sleepy nature of the whole thing, at least for one night, I thought Gabe Kapler had his rebuttal with the way that that game worked out game three in Arizona. I'll get to Kapler in a second. Six-game losing streak, longest they've had in three years, which is crazy. Like, it, that, that's just kind of crazy considering what this team was just a couple of years ago. I, I I didn't realize how bad it was. You know what I'm saying? And then you go, wow, they haven't had a six-game losing streak in three years. That's impressive. That game felt like two weeks' worth of games all in one. You're down 4 nothing. Craw gets the hit to break up the no-no. You're fighting back. Joey Bart comes through with the big home run that – it isn't a home run because of fan interference and the whole Doval thing in the ninth inning. There is no way around it. I was skeptical on almost every single Kapler move yesterday and every single one of the strings that he pulled absolutely worked. Having Slater pinch hit Slater, not only gets the butt, he also gets the big time hit in the ninth inning, pulling Doval when he did Sammy long comes in, boom, boom, boom. Like it, it worked. Everything that he did yesterday worked to perfection. And on a day like this morning where you wake up, and you go, thank God they won that game. It's because of Kapler and the quick hook. Yeah, absolutely. So again, uh, it's a win where it's like, look, whatever their problems are, and there are plenty of them, uh, they don't get fixed because of, of that one game. Mm-hmm. But the, the reason that I've supported the way Gabe Kapler goes about his business, the way the whole, the whole franchise sort of operates is I, I think there's something to be said for having a plan and, and sticking to it. Now I know we all want people to have their gut um, and, and, and follow it and, and, you know, have that sort of magic touch. Uh, I remember having Bruce Bochy on the show about six to eight weeks ago, and he almost took offense to the idea that this thing has built in the way that it has, which is to say, boy, Boach just always used his gut. And 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 Gabe's using his damn spreadsheet, and why can't he use his gut? And Boach was like, I want everybody to know that I use the spreadsheet. Like, <laughs> you guys are making me sound like I'm just some sort of dummy who was just freewheeling mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of worked out, and, and, and we made it up as we went along. So uh, I, I think Boach is – it's less of his gut than we give it credit for, and Cap is probably more of his – then then we give it credit for. But he was very good after the game in explaining, look, if you're going to have some of these players on the roster, um, then you need to use them Mm -hmm. for the reason they're there. And Austin Slater and Darren Ruff are there to -hmm. take late inning at bats against a left-handed pitcher. That's what they're doing there. So yeah. if you don't put them up in that position, when are you putting them up? Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's, it's a great point. And when they deliver like they did last night, first pinch hit home run all year, I mean, 
that's another thing. Like, are you kidding me? This team at this point last year had eight pinch hit home runs. Yep. Eight, eight. So look, this is also a matter of players have to execute. And when they do execute, you do look like a genius. So, you know, kudos to him. He played the numbers. The numbers worked itself out. Eventually this team was going to bust out of their slump. To me, it just felt like it wasn't just the numbers. In the moment, it felt like when they were looking at the Duval inning, because the numbers would have probably suggested, hey, he's thrown 37 pitches. Maybe it's time to get him out. But my gut was also telling me he can't find the strike zone. And maybe old school intuition, ah, give him one more batter. Well, they didn't. And and I think also the eyeball played into that because he couldn't find the strike zone. He walked right. three guys to that point. So as much as I like to harp on the data, I think he blended the gut as well in there saying, hey, my guy doesn't have the command tonight. Yeah, no, the Sammy Long thing was absolutely an out-of-the-box move. That that was not part Zero of the plan. It, it, I mean, it never even Zero had an six. opportunity. And to go in there and do that in three pitches, um, and, and I love – I don't know if you heard this, but I love what Gabe said to him when he handed him the ball. I don't know if no, you heard he this, said. but Gabe said to him and goes, you have an unbelievable opportunity right now, and I am so excited that you have – it's so Gabe, right? It's yeah. so Gabe – where, you know, okay, here we go. We're all like, oh, my gosh, if you give up a hit, the whole world's yeah. going to come to an end. And here's Gabe going, man, this is a great opportunity for you, and I'm so excited that you have it right now. It actually <laughs> reminded me of an old uh, Pete Carroll story when he was coaching at USC. Um, Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback at Cal, and this was one of USC's national championship years. But it was a day where they just could not get Aaron to throw an incompletion. They could not – Get him to throw an incompletion. And the the Trojans are up by six, and Rodgers takes Cal the whole length of the field. And then they got first and goal at the eight-yard line. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rodgers carved the whole field. Carroll calls timeout, brings the whole defense over. They're gassed. They're panting. The whole stadium is biting their fingernails off. And this lunatic is like, isn't this great? Isn't this amazing? Like, Oh my gosh, what an opportunity you all have to stop him on four downs right now. It's going to be the greatest story ever. And it went incompletion, 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 incompletion. USC wins the game. They win the national championship. Some guys are just built sort of half cup of crazy like that. Mm -hmm, I think Gabe's one of them. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good, uh, really good story. I kind of love that about Gabe Kapler. But like, look, I was feeling down in the dumps with Darren Ruff, just straight up. Like, I'm thinking, ah. Come on, Ruff's been horrible all year. That's the biggest swing of the year for him. And and you're looking at a guy who's batting about 220 who just needs that kind of confidence. Slater is up and down at least the last couple of weeks. He needs that confidence. And to have Gabe Kapler go in the postgame, hey, he's got superstar numbers against lefties and really have his back. Whether I believe he's got superstar numbers or he doesn't, the fact that Gabe, the manager, is coming out and then rubbing his back like that, I think it does matter to be a player to feel that empowerment from the leader. Well, I also think this. Uh, Giants fans are really, really wanting everyday players. Yeah. And I don't disagree with that. However, I don't think you can force that either. So, in other words, if you want everyday players, they have to actually be everyday players. So, if you just take the guys you do have and say, well, we we are we are triggered by, by platooning, so now we're going to make these guys everyday players – even if they're not, well, then w- w- what are you going to end up having? And, and here's what I mean by that. Everyone wants Jock Peterson 
to just be an everyday guy. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily disagree, but my question for the fan base will be, so what happens when everything that Jock has been for seven years, what happens when that does happen and Jock Peterson starts struggling against the top lefties mm-hmm. in the game and Ruff and Slater are sitting over there on the bench watching Jock go through that do you still want an everyday player or is Jock playing well because he's being put in his best position to yeah. succeed? It's an interesting question. And and I don't know if I have the answer for it. I do know this Jock in right field is an adventure. I mean, I thought Jock in left field was an adventure. Jock yeah. in right field, it might be an even bigger adventure. So you do have to be careful about how much you play him and, I guess that's where kind of like the DH slot, I thought they were going to use it a little more for him this year. They haven't. They've gone like La Stella route. And, and now Yerman's getting some opportunities to DH. By the way, I'm in love with Yerman Mercedes. I, that's This dude has got everything that I love. He's up there swinging at everything. He's just an instant energy guy. I, I didn't mean to get sidetracked. I just No, I love get, get, get sidetracked on this because, you know, it, it, look, he once upon a time with the White Sox was a very, very powerful, yeah. exciting player. Maybe he can find a little lightning in a bottle here mm-hmm. with a new team, and it would be yet another, you know, Farhan uh, classic snap yep. of the fingers. But but I, I'm curious as to why. Like, we've seen so little of him. What is it you love about well, him? Is it just because he's new? Well, no, he, he gets in that batter's box. He's got a charisma. I, I, you keep hearing the panda, you know, the Pablo Sandoval comparisons. They're pretty spot on in terms of, like, when that guy gets in there, he is going to swing from ankles to above the ears. Like, that's the way this guy approaches it. And it's just kind of refreshing. They got a lot of guys that high OBP, they're going to strike out a lot. Well, this guy's a guy who is going to put the ball in play. I don't think he's going to get a lot of walks. And it's kind of refreshing to have that guy in the lineup. He just looks like he's ready to mash when he steps in there. And the other thing is he's been getting on base. Super small sample size. Got to see more of it. I don't even know what position he is. I've seen maybe he could play a little third base, maybe a little first base. At this point, they need a right-handed pop, so I'll just take it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. If we still go back to the offseason and the one thing that scratched my head about with regard to who they did not acquire was uh, uh, more right-handed pop for the outfield. That one, and and it looks like it, it has ended up hurting them so that's been disappointing. There's no two ways about it. But before we move on from Gabe, where, where, where are you on this? Where are you on Gabe Kapler? Because it's still – this is the reigning manager of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as things go bad, I said last week, this is a player's thing. The problem for the Giants is they have not been able to catch the ball. They've not been able yeah. to throw the ball. I'm not putting that on the manager. But when we see the exact same plan that worked so well last year – get put into play again this year, and it doesn't work as often, it, it seems like a lot of people so, are pointing directly at him. So let, let's let's go to one particular instance where I, I got a, a text message from a guy who used to play minor league baseball. Not that I'm trying to give you the bona fides here, but he was just giving me – because I had these same thoughts in my head when I put a tweet out there. He pinch hits Slater for Joey Bart. Joey Bart had a decent first at-bat. The second at-bat, he rips one. This is a guy who's soul-searching at this point in the, in, in the year. And, like, you put together a good at-bat. I just know as a player, I can't wait to step back in for my next at-bat. And then to see that you're getting pinch hit for, I'm thinking, damn. Like, it's probably the analytically right move. But, like, I'm, I want to see Joey Bart just string together three or four consecutive good at-bats 
And the text message I got was basically like, dude, if I'm Joey Bart right now, my I'm just throwing my hands up in the air. Like, I, I, I finally come back. I rip a big-time hit to get us back in this game, and you're pinch hitting for me. Doesn't mean I'm not happy for the success of Slater. It's just I think this is where it gets kind of difficult. And what we don't know, uh, and this is, I think, part of the Gabe Kapler thing is, what did he say to Joey Bart before, after, during the situation? I don't know those things. Maybe Joey was well aware of it. Maybe Joey's like, yeah, I, I don't hit lefties. Slater should be the guy batting. Because sometimes guys have that self-awareness. But, like, I just know for me, I'd be like, damn, I can't get one more at bat. And it worked. They won the game. But I don't know. Do you get where I'm coming from this? I totally hear where you're coming from on it. And I want to – let's dive further into Joey Bart because I think in two at-bats in the end of that series – uh, potentially a lot for the remainder of the season yes. could have changed. So let's let's get into that. Before we do it, uh, remind everybody that you're listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast with Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. Make sure you are subscribed. Don't miss an episode. We come at you twice a week. All right, so Joey Bart, first of all, the double, which, okay, aspect one, that's a home run. Major League Baseball <laughs> replay you. is the stupidest thing. I, I just, I can't. I love replay. I want calls right. Baseball, more than any other sport, seems to go look at it and come out with the wrong answer <laughs> repeatedly. And this was double-barreled because some poor guy with a glove in left field who's just doing what any human being exactly. would do when a ball is hit at him exactly. got thrown out of the ball game for catching a ball that might have hit him in the stomach yes. if he lets it go. So that thing was just a complete lack of awareness from, from top to bottom on that one. But what did take place, even though the home run got taken away mm-hmm. by replay, we've been waiting, it feels like, for three weeks for the swing that would mm-hmm. wake the dugout up. Uh, look, maybe they'll go to San Diego and never score again. But <laughs> it felt like. That was the one that woke yes. everyone up based on a, what happened next and B who it was who took that swing yeah. because it was Bart, because so many expectations were on him because they haven't been met as of yet. That to me, uh, I mean, it was the swing of the season so far. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, just on a personal level, God, he needed to get the monkey off his back, right? Like we were all thinking the same thing. So that's why I'm saying like, again, I- I'm trying to put myself through his shoes. Dude, I finally busted loose. I'm feeling I'm feeling hot right now. Like, let me get another at-bat. I mean, wouldn't it be great, just hypothetically, two consecutive big-time at-bats for Joey Bart? He can build on that. Look, now he gets the one. I'll start there. You got to crawl before you can walk. I understand all that. But I do think it's massive for them because Austin wins. I like him. I think he's a gamer. Defensively, he's so bad. I mean, I think they've had four pass balls in the last five or six games, and Casale feels like he's fading away. I, I I don't know what's going on besides wins at catcher right now. They need Joey Bart, and more than anything, uh, Mark, they needed somebody to step up and give them some life in that game where they have a six-game losing streak hanging over their head to see the 25-year-old have the biggest at bat at that point in the game. It. It was awesome. Like yeah. it was from a Giants fan perspective, it was awesome to see the number two pick do that. Absolutely. And now here's my rebuttal to what you said before. <laughs> if you let them lead off the eighth, they probably lose the game. Um, Which like, is true. They probably lose the game. So I guess my response to your buddy would be: If I'm Joey, do I feel that way? Sure. But the response is too bad. 
deal with it. <laughs> the Giants have talked a lot about egoless baseball. Yes. They need their club. If you're going to play this style, you need to be egoless. And and in fact, we could have a conversation. I wonder. Let's go to the free agents who have not opted to come to the Giants. Maybe that maybe that is a problem. Maybe they don't want to be uh, you know sitting out uh, once or twice a week because the computers don't like the matchup. Maybe they don't want to uh, be pinch hit for in, in, in those situations. Um, I, I, I think that's all fair. However, if you've just been called up, we've watched you. I mean, your average is still a buck and a half. It's still sitting around. He doesn't here. have the equity. I'll, you know, I'll admit you got, that. You've got a double, and you're going to have the gall to be mad because in the biggest game of the year as you're rallying back, the manager said, you know what? Slater can put the ball in play, and I'm pretty sure you can't. I, I, I mean, and again, as you even pointed out, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, like it worked. It, 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 it worked. Not it was once, absolutely twice. the right percentage play in that moment. No doubt. And and look, I'm I'm just more taking a step back and I'm asking out loud. I'm not I'm not like indicting Kapler. I'm just saying I can see where this can get very tricky to navigate. And I think the key thing for me, because I heard Boston's manager a couple of years ago, Cora, bring it up. He's like, look, I have to communicate to everyone every single move. And then not only are the people that are involved in the move being spoken to, all the other people that that might have had an opportunity to be in that spot or maybe their spot is affected a game from now because of that decision i have to communicate with them and that's the part you and i and every common fan we don't know we don't know what gabe kapler said to these guys before after during and so i'm willing to give gabe the benefit of the doubt there i'm just asking out loud like that's just got to be tough and you know what to his credit joey bart said nothing negative Right, right. And, and and there's no doubt that it has to be tough. I mean, I, I think that this team puts these guys in this position all the time. Logan Webb uh, uh, absolutely dabbled with this frustration just a few weeks ago when he gets pulled out of a start before he wants to go. Um, I, I, you know, I this is even just a vibe. There hasn't been a great moment. But I, I think privately, Evan Longoria thinks a lot oh. of what's going on with the Giants is a bunch of BS, you know, 100%. like a new third baseman backing him up every day from the Mariners. <laughs> I, like I think, right, guys who've been around right. the game for a while, yes. this challenges a lot of their senses. However, Jordan Poole plays from the bench yes. and scores eight, 19 a night in the NBA and you win a championship. And I bring up that example because we love it. We love it when Steph Curry was coming back from injury and went, yeah, I'll be the sixth man tonight. Like mm-hmm. you have to, as a team, you have to find a way to put those obvious competitive frustrations and put them in your pocket for yeah. the betterment of the team. So does Joey want to be pinch hit for? Never, no. never. But it was right, and they won, and you got to deal with that or else you're not ready to be in the bigs. I'm with you on that part. There's there's no denying that. I, I feel better about Joey Bart. It's one game. I mean, let's see what he does over the next month. There's a lot of baseball left. I'm still not ready to close the book on him. Here's another young player that there was a decision made in the ninth inning last night by Gabe Kapler. And I just want to talk about this player for a second, not necessarily the decision. Camilo Duvall. I love the kid. He just turned 25. He's still super young. Mark, his last seven games, let me give it to you right now. He's got one save. He's 0-2 with a 7-plus ERA. Okay, he's given up five runs, walking a ton of guys. His, his walk-to-strikeout ratio, not good. And right now, here's the thing for him. 
He pitched 14 times in June, 11 times in May. That's a lot of appearances in a month. I feel like it's finally starting to catch up to him. And I have something specific here that I think that you'd love to hear. Lefties are hitting 300 against him. And when he's ahead in the count, he is put away. 0-9-1. When he's behind in the count, like he was last night, hitters are batting 343. To me, this is a guy that needs to take a couple days off and learn how to pitch from ahead and work on pitching from behind. But he can't walk people because he's not the same player when he walks guys. Well, there's one huge burning question, and I feel like it was sort of lightly answered last year, and we as fans were told to just kind of like accept that. Mm-hmm. And now it's become a thing that's literally hanging over his early career. And we still don't have a crystal clear answer as to what's going on. And here's the question. What's that? Why are you not throwing your fastball more? <laughs> and, and, and if the answer truly is that you're not sure where it's going, I guess my follow-up would be, why do you feel that way? <laughs> yeah. you watch and it, it doesn't feel like it's out of control at all. And at 101, I don't really care if you miss your spot a little bit unless you miss your spot to the point where you hit someone in the nose. Uh, You can obviously kill someone if you really don't know where it's going. But we've watched him throw the fastball enough to where it's like, you don't look like it's totally out of control. Um, But we watch that slider. It hangs sometimes. Oh, my goodness. And it's clearly a pitch that, that I think the hitters are waiting for because one, they can catch up to it, mm-hmm. and two, um, they, they like if it's the only thing they can catch up with, might as well sit on that. And they also know that seventy-five percent of the time, that's what's coming. Yeah. So 100%. that one hundred and one mile an hour heater, it it is. You could see in that game last night that that Walker Walker was overwhelmed by it, but he wouldn't throw it again. Yeah. And and so I feel like that que- we need to push that I'm question to Camilo and Gabe a little bit further. Well, and, and he, here's what I would say to him: if, if command is an issue, right? Let's just say, hey, I don't trust. Him. Take a little off of it, like take a little off of it. And this is where I think the staff, him, whoever the catcher is back there, they, they've just got to dial this thing in. I mean, again, I couldn't believe this when he's ahead in the count and he has I, I, the way I've looked at it when he can get boom, boom, strike, strike. It's over. It's like curtains. The second he falls behind, 1-0, 2-1, whatever it is, they're batting 343. That's not good for my closer, especially if he's coming in in high leverage situations, runner on first, runner on second, things like that. And the walks for him, they're devastating. Last night, I, I me probably old school base, I would have given him one more batter. But he didn't earn one more batter. No. Like, game was proper to take him out of that game. He hasn't had the equity right now. He couldn't find the strike zone. Well, and I also think he was just trying to save Camilo from himself. I mean, he was at 37 pitches, Great. and he had pitched the night before. If he, if he keeps going, um, you know, who, who who knows? I mean, he might not be available for the entire weekend in San Diego. Uh, when you're throwing 101, even though you're not throwing it enough <laughs> times, you only have so many pitches you can throw. So I think he just reached a limit. And, and they said it was time to take him out. Well, and again, I, I referenced that. I think he had nine appearances in May, uh, 11 in April, 14 in June. They're cranking it up. He's already got three through the first, whatever, eight, nine days of July. 
I'd like to see him, especially with his all-star break coming up at some point, he needs to get his mind, body, arm, mechanics, whatever it is that's throwing him off and he's reluctant to throw that fastball. They need to get back to basics and fundamentals because once he leads with that, it's over. I mean, he's going to be a 40-save guy, no doubt about it. It's when he's dancing and nibbling, he's done. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's one thing I want to uh, I absolutely want to see uh, get answered and uh, and 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 see the team work with him on that. Uh, it's too good of a pitch for us to not <laughs> see on. it uh, a lot more often. Um, all right, it's garlic fries and baseball, guys. That's Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard. Two episodes a week. Make sure you are subscribed. Get all your friends and family who are Giants fans into it as well. We'd love to talk to them all. All right, last thing, and uh, he's always kind of the uh, the hot-button thing as we look at a roster that lacks excitement, and it, it lacks the everyday players. It lacks the payroll that, that we as fans want. Um, that said, Farhan Zaidi has, has at least tried to state his plan, and the one thing that I think is hard for fans to get is if you do hear from voices – inside the game the people who play other executives i'm telling you they swear by this guy his reputation inside the game is impeccable and for some reason uh, that's not really translating to now what's becoming a very impatient fan base um jerry harrison jr who does some broadcasting for the dodgers and uh, and also of course a former big leaguer himself had a few things to say on the state of the Giants, what he sees from afar with Farhan that we think the fans that you guys might find interesting. So here's the first one, and it's with regard to whether or not Farhan's plan is a smart one. Farhan knows exactly what he's doing. It, it happens here or there. I don't care who you are, where you put a roster together, but they just can't stay healthy. That happens to everybody. And right now the Giants have been crushed by injuries. But make no mistake about it, he's done an incredible job putting pieces in place for the future. And talk about spending money. The Giants definitely have money. They definitely have funds to go out there and get a, a couple extra guys, superstar guys. And I'm sure they're going to make a run in the offseason for some high-talented guys. Yeah, so uh, you're, you're listening to what may feel like a broken record, and it comes down to money and whether or not you believe that the Giants at some point are going to spend it. I know the, the criticisms. Oh, we thought you were going to spend it this year. You didn't. And the Giants are experts at finishing in second place on the big money guys. Like, oh, we offered Bryce Harper $310 million. Darn it, the Phillies offered three thirty. I don't think for a second that the Giants are setting out to finish in second on these guys. And the reason I believe that at some point they will spend – it's because they've got no choice. They've got no yeah. choice. This fan base will hold their feet to the fire on, on, on that one for sure. So it hasn't happened yet. I still firmly believe it's coming. Where are you on that? Yeah, yeah. I believe that they're going to be able to make a splash in free agency. But, like, let's just, let's just look at the one guy that they've retained as of recent. Okay, Brandon Belt on a one-year deal. Like, he was awesome last year. You know what he is right now? Four for his last 40 right? Like this guy was one of the like top 10 MVP tile style candidates, you know, at the end of last year, when you were just looking at the production, even though he only played like 97, 98 games, he was unbelievable. 
He needs to play better. So we could scream at him and haw about 200 and $300 million men. Some of these guys that he did find that were producing just need to produce right now. And I bet all this other talk about next year, and free, it'll still be there to some degree, but not as loud as it is right now. The Giants are losing their minds. I'm like, look, Wade's three for 20. Belt's four for 40. Yaz is one for 20. If these guys just ball out, it'll simmer down some of this offseason talk, I feel like. Well, here, here's the other Am thing. Am I wrong? I know that this, this is a hard one for people to take, but here's the, here's the real, okay? When he got the job, the team was in bad shape. Okay, Agreed. they were losing. Agreed. They were losing. Bruce Bochy, that's a zero year because yeah. he was on his way out and there wasn't much Farhan could do. Mm-hmm. The next year was a pandemic year, and you could make the case that even within that, they overachieved. But he has stated from the beginning that the first thing we need to do is rebuild the farm system, and that is going to provide our foundation in the future. Well, the truth of the matter is, you can't do that in baseball in two or three years. No. You just can't. You can, you, you can hope, you can try, but you can't. Well, and this, this is why I support him so much. In the midst of trying to build the foundation that in, in, it, on the real takes mm-hmm. five years, mm-hmm. but with a fan base that you can't say, please <laughs> wait five years, he went out and won 107 games with players you think stink. And yet somehow that has landed in his lap as you're an idiot, you're a nerd, and you don't know what you're doing. I'm like, he's a flipping magician. He's a magician. So that to me is the, that is the big bugaboo that's going on right now is he is in the process of doing it absolutely right and found a way to win while we wait and is being criticized for it. That's think why about, I'm so passionate about this. No, no, I love, I love it because think, think about this. Yes, is there some duct tape and some band aids on the big league roster? Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. But I'm looking at two teams who you faced in recent memory in the World Series. Look at their rosters. Look at where they're at, and they've been putrid. The Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. Who is closer to a World Series right now? Yeah, look, I, I'm as high on Torkelson as anybody. Bobby Wood Jr., they're all going to need more than those guys to be able to compete in those divisions. The Giants, with all the duct tape that I referenced, are still competing, and we've seen none of their stars, at least in the, the prospects, come through. So I'm still optimistic. I still think that they can do this. Look, I told you right now, I like Yerman Mercedes. Okay, do I think he's a pillar of the organization? No. I like Lamont Wade Jr. He was outstanding for this team last year. He's been ice cold. I hope he can return to form. He has found guys. This is David VR, VR, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. It's I've VR, more, yeah. <laughs> I've seen more spark from him than Jason Vossler. God bless Vossler's soul, but like there's a player in there. So like, as much as people want to lose their minds, there are some great stories on the big league club right now. Yes, they're treading water. No, they're not going to compete with the Dodgers in terms of payroll and things like that. But there's levels and there's a process to this, and they're trending in the right direction. I just – and I'm guilty of this as much as anyone. I'm just – I'm looking at it, I'm like, guys, if three guys just play better, Yaz, Belt, and Wade, how much better is this team? Well, what sure, is, sure. Uh, what, 10 games over five hundred. Easy. Well, if they just catch the ball, they would be, they, exactly. they'd be seven or eight games over you 500. You know how many teams would die to switch places with the Giants right now? Right. Well, and, and so those foundational pieces that, that – and I know, it's just a painful, painful wait. But here's the real. You look at this Giants roster right now that we're all calling boring. How many 
foundational future pieces of this team are on it right now. I'd say Logan, one. Logan it's Webb. Logan Webb. Yeah. That's and it. Camilo Duvall is his amazing. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Duvall. Right. Yeah. Right. And and then there are pieces, you know, yes. like Yaz, Yaz and Wade, they're going to be on the team for, for, for sure. you know, for a little while, but, but the foundation is still being built. This is absolutely something else Jerry Harrison Jr. talked about. Here's that. It does take time. you got to build a foundation. And last year really was uh, an anomaly. You know, if you would have told me you mean the Giants would win 107 games last year, I'd be, are you kidding me? You know, but that just <laughs> yeah. goes to show how what, what Farhan does in the meantime allows a team like like them to have some success. But at the main, the main thing is building a foundation. Usually it takes about four or five years right. to establish what you're trying to do. And you mentioned that the guys got drafted by the Dodgers. You know, it took right. some, some some time for those players to have success. But in the meantime, the Dodgers were already stacked. You know, mm-hmm. they had guys like Corey Seager. They already had guys like Clayton Kershaw mm-hmm. from, the, from the last regime that uh, drafted those guys. The Giants are playing the San Diego Padres right now, Joe. And Scott Harris told me last year, he goes, if you want to know the way we're doing this, just take a look at the Padres. That's what we're doing. The Padres for years were building one of the best farm systems in the game. And then as it started to spit out talent, and not all of it hit. You know, some of it was supposed to be – there were some big-time names that came up. And then, eh, they weren't great. But it spit out a Tatis. And then you use some of those other pieces to trade and bring in – you Blake know, Snell. right, Blake Snell, Darvish, whatever. Yeah. And then boom, Manny Machado. Yep. Let's go spend when someone's available. That's exactly the model the Giants are following. And and they've told us that. So yeah. this idea that they won't spend, they will spend. But they're not going to spend frivolously when you're going to go get one massive free agent and uh, and his teammates are, are going to be Stuart Fairchild and, and Austin wins. Because yes. that still won't be good enough. No. So, well, I, just, you, you hit on, you hit on yeah. something, though, Mark. And let me jump in there. You, you hit on this, the farm. You look at the top eight teams in baseball right now. Those are top of the 12, the top 12 farm systems in baseball. Eight of the top 12, depending on how, where you get your rankings from or whatever. So, yeah, do, do seven of those teams spend like absolute wildfire? Absolutely. Toronto just started spending to get in there. You know why? Because they drafted for year after year after year at a high level. Same thing with the Padres who you referenced. So there's a timing a part of this. There is a time and a place. And right now they're in the build-up phase and they will start. It's not like they're 28th in spending. What are they, 13th? 13th. I mean, 13th. We're, we're bitching and moaning. They're 13th. Imagine being a Pirates fan right now. I mean, you're just praying that that O'Neill Cruz could stay healthy and maybe we can re-sign him to a seven- or eight-year deal and buy out some of his arbitration. Like, come on, man. I, I don't know. I just – I kind of am over the the whole losing our minds over free agency. Well, okay. So the last piece of the puzzle is it's just that. You. Free agents – and, uh, and, and, and the conversation we had with Farhan where he said he's disappointed that they still keep hearing that the ballpark is a detractor for hitters, even though they led the National League in home runs yeah. uh, last year and, and moved the fences in. Um, so that is an issue. You still have to find someone to say yes. Uh, one more from Jerry Harrison Jr. who says he also thinks that is not going to be a problem down the road. From a Dodger, 
you guys will be all right. It's a great destination, great place to play for free agency. That ballpark is incredible. I don't think you guys are going to have a hard time uh, drawing free agents. Okay, so I, you know what I mean? Like, so, yes, um, it, it's not Philadelphia. So your your forty five home runs, maybe that's thirty eight. Um, but I I do think that the right guys at the right time, and, and with a farm system that will allow for trades instead mm-hmm. of free agency, if that needs to be the deal, um, I just I just believe I believe they're coming. Well, I really so- do. So let, let me let me throw something, and this is a little random because this isn't giant specific. This is more Major League Baseball specific. Do you know what they instituted this year for every single stadium? What's that? The humidor. So there's yes. a humidor now for every single stadium. John Miller said on the broadcast the other night. Now it's it, the numbers have, have upticked a little. They had played Arizona, the Diamondbacks. We all would agree that park is a hitter's park, correct? I mean, up and down, no doubt about it. Arizona has played three more games at home and has hit only 38 home runs at home and 52 on the road, okay? And when I heard that, my mind exploded because of this humidor thing. So I know we want to go crazy about San Francisco and guys can't hit. I watched three games in Arizona, and there were at least five Giants who hit warning track balls that I thought for sure were in the 25th row. So this isn't just a Giants problem now. With the humidors in every single ballpark, every team is having this issue. I used to call it Coors Field South, and if you had told me (laughs) last year that they're going to calm Arizona Stadium down a little bit, I would have been like, they should have, but they overcompensated. You can't get the ball out of there now. It's insane. And and it's a a very big outfield, and and it it completely, like I'll admit it, it took away from the fun – of, of that series. I'm not saying I don't enjoy a great pitcher's duel, but I didn't feel it was that. Your point was a good one. They're, the looks on the faces of the guys crazy. who were like approaching second base and they watched balls get caught at the warning track where they were like, what? I know. Like I've hit that ball here before. That ball goes way out of here. And, and so that, that, that is so – it's classic baseball. It's classic <laughs> so, baseball so right. where they're like, you're I so know right. what will entertain everybody. <laughs> Fly balls to the warning track. Let's do it. Jock hit a ball. Jock hit a ball, and he gave it one of those like, yeah, I got into that with both butt cheeks. Yeah. And he looked, and he gave this look like he saw a ghost. And I said to myself, what happened? And the guy, whatever, Walker or whoever it was, the Thomas, I think, caught it at the, at the, at, at the you know, at the, the warning track. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself – that ball would have went flying off the scoreboard just a year ago. So, like, as much as the Giants can complain about, hey, we don't have, you know, hitters hitting bombs out here, everyone in baseball is frustrated with this humidor thing. So, I, I'm i kind of here for it because it's leveled the field out for the Giants. Uh, big series in San Diego, Huge. my man. And uh, our next episode will be right when that series comes to a close. And it feels like that win to finish up – in Arizona is only a big deal if they then take some of that momentum to San Diego. A hundred percent. And and look, they starting pitching. They made a deal for some guy who's never even made a, a start in the bigs. Let's see it. Like they need anybody, all hands on deck. You know, I don't know if you watch below deck like my wife does. So yep. all hands on deck. Who can be the cook? Who can save somebody who fell in, uh, you know, having a few too many cocktails? We need a starter uh, pronto. Yeah, and Junis is coming soon, too. Thank um, God. So, uh, so that'll be well, well-timed as we approach the All-Star break. There it is. It's Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. For Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, we invite you twice a week. And make sure you do not miss an episode. And the best way to do that is subscribe. We'll talk to you again after the Padres series.